0: Good to see an athlete giving glory to God. I wonder how many of us would do the same. Mm. Good on her. Mm. Yeah, it is nice. It is just nice. Praise God. Mm. And uh, Fijians as well. Congratulations to the Fijian with their rugby team for winning.
1: I'm so surprised that they won. Actually, like they beat Australia. Fijians. No, but that doesn't matter. They come from Fiji. Like again, Australia is like a has t- tiny nation. The best program. Like you know, particularly in the sport of rugby, we have one of the best programs in the world. And everyone go. got smoked by the Fijians.
0: Must have been gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, on the gun buy- buyback, um, it is almost impossible to get back guns from criminals no matter what the laws are governments put in place. And, and this is a fact. Whenever they have a gun buyback, uh, it, it doesn't affect the criminals. Criminals aren't handing in guns. It's only law-abiding people who do that. Mm. Um, and, you know, what this church is doing is, uh, is a positive thing, but it's symbolic. and mm. We get that. We understand that. Mm. Uh they are the tools of the trade for criminals but well done to the faith community church let's not forget that there is a good reason for gun ownership in America's constitution for those who know their history. It's a fascinating constitution because the philosophy behind gun ownership in America was so that they could defend themselves against a tyrannical government. Yep. Do you think that's that's
1: what it is now though? Do you think that's even possible now?
0: There are no, it's not possible. But there are principles of freedom Mm. that, because, you know, an American will say that an armed man is a free man. Yeah, well. That's that's the argument. And so the principles that they gain from their constitution is where they continue to use those arguments. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Um, And uh, and, another text message, only good people will return their guns. Um, And, of course, we've seen that, you know, here in Australia, it's, it's interesting here in Australia because we have 3 million registered firearms in Australia. We have 260,000 unregistered. Um, about 10,000 of those are handguns. The rest are long guns. And with the amnesty they had in New South Wales back in 2018, they they had 57,000 unregistered firearms that were turned in. Wow. And there's currently an amnesty right across Australia right now. just started in July. And so, you know, you have got some unregistered firearms out there. Just... It's a good idea to hand them to somebody who is a registered donor because they can just take them along and and register them. Mm. Um, Of course, owning that firearm can uh, give you 14 years in jail and a (laughs) (laughs) $225,000 fine in this country uh, just for being in your possession. Mm. Okay. Uh, This one is in relationship to the interview that we did with Dr. Sven Erstring. It says most people who are atheists whom I have heard or spoken to. Their main reason for not believing seems to be the question, why so much suffering, which is what we talked about on the digital yeah, last wow. night. If there is a God who is good, why does he allow it? Uh, and the other is everlasting fire of hell. The devil did a great job on attacking the character of God. I am sure that God will allow them to see the truth before his second coming. That's the God we serve. Mm. Amen. Praise God. Oh, and I uh, wanted to say that another great presentation on the end dot digital last night. Keep it coming. So wow. we're we are glad that you have been blessed. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joshua. He's a fifteen-year-old uh, listener from Devonport in Tasmania. Go to the Tasmanians! Uh, big shout out for Tasmania right now. Tasmania. For those of you who don't know, is the promised oh, land. That's
1: what you said last night. It and is I was what I like, said last night. No, and that's a fact. Well, it is. You I was preaching wrong. the truth. You are wrong. How can you live in New? There is a whole book
0: of the Bible, I'm sure, somewhere. About how Tasmania now, is now. That's thing. just heresy.
1: Now, now you just now you just heretical. Like not even in the sense that I Lawson, disagree you with you. To, but have that, you
0: been to Tasmania?
1: I've been to Tasmania. I have been then there. You know, and it's cold. Then you know that I'm. And what it's I'm saying silly. is silly. No, come to Newcastle is the promised land. Where do you live right now, Newcastle? Because
0: it's sorry. Well, you die of cold dust. Who
1: dies of cold dust in Newcastle? It's like the most heavily regulated industry ever. It's not the 1830s. <laughs> like, come <laughs> on, <online>. Lyle. <laughs> like, seriously, no, Newcastle is the best. Newcastle is like A one. You should be thankful we even have industry uh, here. You guys just we have, have expensive Newcastle.
0: Wood. Newcastle, where you have like massive amounts of coal going out through the port and polluting the planet. And creating all the things that Lawson loves to preach against. No, well, well, yeah, yeah well, uh, <laughs> and Tasmania, which has the cleanest air
1: in the world. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, yes, we have, we do have the coal industry, which
0: is, <laughs> which is on its way to
1: changing. And frankly, it it, 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 no to gas, no to renewables. <laughs> <well>. And <laughs> and frankly, like that, like. <laughs> Oh man, I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite. I was about to say like, and that money from the coal industry funds our fantastic life <laughs> that we have in Utah. <laughs> well, because we're also we're also we're also a, we're also a, a, a university town. We're on the coast. It's warm today. Beautiful beaches. Awesome suburbs it was 24 and lakes. Degrees yesterday. Yeah, I weren't was, you stoked? I was. I was,
0: it's was 24 stoked.
1: degrees in July. Alright.
0: Oh, anyways, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So Joshua was asking, uh, whereabouts in um, in Tasmania do I come from? I come from the Huon Valley. So yeah. sorry, Joshua. I'm sad that you have to live in Devonport. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I come from the Huon Valley, the Upper Huon Valley, a place called Glen Huon, uh, not far from the Huon River. Amazing place for a kid to grow up. Mm. got to say that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so um, let me see here. Um, Atlee, New Zealand, not Tasmania, says Braden, has the cleanest air in the world. I will dispute that. Uh,
1: No. I I, Look, just because I dislike Tasmania, I dislike Tasmania enough to agree with
0: Braden. Oh, (laughs) really? You would side with the New Zealanders over Tasmania. Almost, just because Uh, of you. Yeah, well, (laughs) anyway. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, I do believe and witness my son play soccer. There's many times when God... Uh, proves a point you pray and i will make you play better at least in my son's case god will do anything Mm. to prove he is greater than anyone god loves to be acknowledged in public events is that somebody's opinion on the issue of uh competition and whether god helps people in sports Uh,
1: uh yeah i think i could just go back to like the reason why your son plays better in a sport when he prays it's like. Because you're a, praying to God. You're connected got a, to him. Got bad, you have a, got a relationship mental, with him.
0: A, a better mental approach to, yeah. the, uh, to the sport. Yeah, 100%. Okay, I think that's all of our text messages. Wow, good stuff.
1: Good yeah, a whole bunch of people. Guys, keep the, really- uh, keep the Tasmania slander coming. Um, they deserve it. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Alright, let's get over to our <laughs> Bible study. We do need to have our Bible study sometime today. Yes we do. We are going to <laughs> yes, talk sir. About We're talking about the yoke today.
1: Oh we talked about the yoke a bit already. We did. Are we gonna talk about some more stuff with the yoke? We talked about how cows are attached to yolks. Well Well bullocks. I haven't
0: talked about the yoke yet. So it's yeah. my turn to talk about the yolk. We're not talking about the egg yolk.
1: No we, no not egg yolk. The the bullock yoke. The one that Jesus talks about in Matthew twenty eight. Yes. Yeah, we've been talking about that. We talked about that on. Well, I was going to talk about the one that's in Matthew chapter eleven and verse thirty. Yeah, um, that's what I meant. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about that because it was on Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday we talked about the the yoke.
0: All right. Let me just scroll back here. Uh,
1: okay, he's, he's he's consolidating his thoughts.
0: Well, I'm just looking at it because I wasn't here on those days, and you're right. The Bible study gives us exactly the same verses the second time around. Wow.
1: Okay, What's, what are we going to talk about?
0: Well, let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 then. Alright, there. sweet. There's got to be something good here to read about. Well, we read there too. It's... You did that one as well? Yeah, it was in the Bible study on Tuesday. What is going on? The 20 million movement, man. 20 million movement Bible study? Yeah. Has the same, has the same Bible verses <laughs> on that day as it has on... You didn't have Galatians on that day. Which day? Either day.
1: Monday. Sunday, Sunday, Monday. It's
0: not there. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay, all right. Well. Galatians 5, verse 1. Okay. The That's Bible says, go. So
1: Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law." This translation we already established is terrible and that is so incorrect to what the verses
0: say. Can you read it, please, for a while? How come you've been doing my Bible study already? This is against the rules. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled with a yoke of bondage. Yeah, wow. So you mm. talked about the yoke? Yeah.
1: Unbelievable. Okay, which which day are you in in the Bible study?
0: I'm, I'm on today's day. It's <laughs> the memory verse for the whole week, so you're going to cover it. Again. Well, well, well it's, the, well. it's the theme for the whole week. <laughs> okay, okay. No, no, Matthew twenty-eight, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight is the theme for the whole week. Yeah. But Galatians I, isn't. Yeah, You shouldn't have been talking about Galatians. It's
1: against the rules. No, that was in our Bible study, 100%. What? what okay, Lyle, what do you have to say about Galatians?
0: Well, I was just going to talk about the yoke because nobody knows what a yoke is anymore. We, and we, and well, we, we already told we already
1: people what the what the yoke was.
0: Let's talk about the burden then.
1: Oh, okay,
0: yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Pilgrim's Bur- Burden. Uh, let's do that. Yeah, okay, sweet. Okay, so are you familiar with the story of Pilgrim's Burden? I have no idea what that is. Have you ever read the book Pilgrim's Progress? Yes, I have. Then you're familiar with Pilgrim's Burden. Okay. Huh. Have you seen the movie Pilgrim's Progress? No. The book is infinitely better.
1: I watched. I read the, the new Pilgrim's Progress. Okay, which is like the updated versions. So maybe doesn't NIV version. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, it just doesn't talk in King James. Like the whole book isn't written in like a thousand dusts because
0: it wasn't written in sixteen hundreds. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Okay, so uh, if you go to read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, you're going to find that Pilgrim when he first starts out on his journey, he's got this massive burden, a massive. Uh, it's, it's it's pictured as being like a big, heavy load that is on his back. He carries that thing everywhere mm. until eventually on his journey, his journey leads him to the foot of the cross. Yeah, wow. Well. When he reaches the foot of the cross, the burden on his back, that load, that heavy load, like think of, think of a massive backpack. Mm. You've gone hiking with a backpack? Yes, how heavy was your backpack?
1: Oh, I remember one time I went hiking with a group of pathfinders, and we were with some younger people who were starting to struggle up the hills. And I had my backpack on. Yes. And then I was like, "All right, I'll take your backpack too." And so my backpack <laughs> was pretty light because I wasn't yeah, with, one with the them front, the whole one time. On the back. Yeah. So no, well, so I just had my smaller backpack on. I just put this one over the top, and um, yes, carry carried heavy, but I think it was like, what do they weigh? Like thirty kilos or something for the pack.
0: Yes, I remember when I used to go hiking, and I used to do a lot of hiking back in the day when I was when I was a kid, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. And the things that people used to take hiking just used to do my head in. Yeah, these kids
1: are taking pots and pans. I'm like, why don't you just take muesli bars? we exactly. out for like three days. Exactly. <laughs> you like, got to carry that stuff. Like, no. And
0: you turn up and they've got cans of Coke and Fanta. That's heavy.
1: I'm like... What are you what are you thinking? I'm like, you're twelve years old. You Why, can drink what? water for a
0: couple of days. You're not going to die of dehydration. <laughs> even canned you don't even need canned foods. Of course not. Yeah. Take hey, dehydrated food. Yeah. I remember uh I remember going for a three day hike with about five kilo. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. I trimmed it down to I trimmed it down you're in the trimmed it down. trimmed it down to the bare essentials to the point where I was actually under equipped. Yeah. And I relied. I, I I I carried one small thin piece of fishing line and one hook, and not even a sinker because I found a rock to use as a sinker. And I budgeted one meal that I would have to catch for myself. Wow! And if I didn't catch, I was going to miss that meal. Yeah! Wow! And I ended up eating a parrotfish. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> They say they say that the way to cook a parrot fish is with a um, with a with an axe handle. Okay, you cook uh, the two together. I, yeah, when yeah. the axe handle is soft, you throw the fish away and hit the axe. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't go hungry. But I was a bit of a fanatic when it came to. Uh, having as light a burden as possible. And when it comes to the Christian experience, I think we should all be fanatics about having as light a burden Mm. as possible because the burden of sin is a horrifically horrible thing to carry around. It weighs you down. It burns you out. And, you know, you you think about that ache that you get in your shoulders when you go hiking and you've got all that weight, you know. You think about Mm. that. Think about the ache that exists in your heart, in your mind, in your soul Mm. as a result of sin. And we all know this experience because we've all been there. Yeah. And this is why Jesus says, Look, come to me. My burden's light. Mm. Are you Are carrying a 30 kilo, 50 kilo, whatever backpack? Forget that. My burden is really light. Mm. I'll give you something really light to carry, as light as a feather. Mm. You know, if you've been, you've been hiking for three or four days, you've been carrying 30 kilos around on your back, and suddenly uh, somebody turns up and says, Hey, I've got a backpack here that only weighs as much as a feather. Yeah, wow. And you put that thing on, how are you feeling at that particular point?
1: Oh, dude, it's like when you're, like, lifting weights or carrying a backpack or whatever, and then as soon as you take it off, you feel like,
0: oh, man, I'm going to fall into the sky. Like, how light you feel? Absolutely. (laughs) And this is why people often, when they come to Jesus, they talk about walking on air, Mm. walking on cloud nine. And the reason that they feel that, the reason they have that experience, they're not exaggerating. It's actually a very real experience that they're going through because you know and i've met people who have you know, had those kinds of experiences it's a very real experience that they're going through because they um they a weight has mm. been taken off of their soul off of their mind off of their conscience because they've come to Jesus Christ let's read exodus chapter 18 mm. And we're going to start in verse 13. Yeah, it
1: kind of mirrors really well what um, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 12. You know, um, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every every weight, weight, sin, sin and weight that so easily ensnares us. And it's just this idea like we, you know, you can imagine someone rocking up to the Olympics with a big heavy backpack on wanting to run into the, you know, in the 100 meters. It's like as we are doing the Christian journey, Um, Paul identifies, okay, you need to lay off this weight, and Jesus gives us the method how to, which has
0: come to me. And Mm. if you understand what's actually going on in that verse, it really brings it to life because in the ancient Olympics, when they were training for the ancient Olympics, Mm. they would train with weighted clothing. So if you were running in the 100 metres, the 400 metres, the marathon, whatever it might be, you would actually carry weights with you and load yourself down with weights to build up extra muscle strength, so that when you ran in the actual race, you take the weights off, mm. and you would run, and you would run. You know, you you, you would have that experience of floating on on mm. air as you ran because you're no longer carrying the weights. Yeah, wow. And you see it in horse racing um, at times when they you know they create these handicaps and and they make the horse carry extra weights. Mm. And Paul's saying, "Look, throw the weights off. Yeah, let's run. Let's go. Yeah, well. you know, this is we got. We got a, We got a, You know, you get something like a, uh, a, a a golden skipping stone, basically from the modern Olympics, or a piece of grass in the ancient Olympics, mm. or a piece of weed in the ancient Olympics. This is basically what you get uh, for winning. But the race that we have to run, we get to win eternal life. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's that's sensational." You're listening to The
1: Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Oh. Okay, so we've, got
0: some, we've got some text messages coming through here. Um, For the long walk is a fruitcake and water. A bit every hour is all you need. Uh, same with long-distance bike riding. There you go, Lawson.
1: Yeah, oh, that's actually... Dude, that's long-distance bike riding. Like bicycle. Like cross-country mountain bike riding. Dude, they, they, all, all they eat is like... They'll take like their two bottles of water and then like Nutella sandwiches or whatever to give them sugar and carbohydrates. Yeah, but to eat light.
0: Yeah, well done, Freco. Thank you for sharing that with us this morning. <laughs> okay, if you've got some thoughts that you'd like to share on the Bible study or on anything else that we've been talking about, we would love to hear from you. We've got a couple other other text messages hit that we will come through come to a little bit later. But right now we need to read our passage. Uh, where were we going? We were going to Exodus, Exodus. eighteen. Yeah, let's go there. Uh, what was the. starting in verse 13. 13 to 20 23. 20. The Bible says this.
1: The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When the dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decree and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You are, you're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men, who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of a thousand one hundred,
0: fifty and ten. Okay, so this is some really good advice that Jethro comes out with in this particular passage. And I want to think about it for a moment, because you know, God says, Come to me, my b my, my yoke is my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Now, when you and I were in Ethiopia, we saw a lot of animals that were being used as means of transport. They obviously have a yoke on them that was what was used to, you know, know, donkey transport was kind of the whole country ran off donkey transport, it felt like. Yeah. And so uh, occasionally what you would see would be a full-grown donkey with a baby donkey beside it. Yeah. And the baby donkey is there in the yoke, but the baby donkey is not actually doing anything. Mm. Baby donkeys in training that was that's the whole purpose of why the baby donkey is there and that's kind of a little bit like what Jesus does with us. He's like, yeah come and come and take my yoke mm. I'll do all the heavy lifting mm. and I will train you um how to walk this particular path and I will take your burden away from you so mm. stop trying to pull it around by yourself. you're just a baby donkey you can't you can't handle that, but I can. Mm. And in this instance, what you've got here is Jethro coming to Moses and saying, look, you need to spread the weight around. Don't try and pull everything by yourself. Mm. And in doing so, the principle here is that Jesus takes our burden for us. He bears our burden for us. As followers of Jesus, part of our job is to bear each other's burdens. Yes, That's what a community is all about. That's what a church is all about. That's why it is, That's why it exists. Mm. Is so that we can bear each other's burdens, and so this is a, uh, a a great passage here. And and you know, you think about Moses in this particular instance where you know he's got a million people here. Yeah, maybe one point two, maybe one point three. We don't know how many, and he is the sole judge and jury for all those people. Mm-hmm. And did it line up from the beginning of the day to the end of the day? That would be exhausting, mm. beyond exhausting. And so Jethro comes along and He's is like, look, you need to trust some of the people in your congregation. Mm. You, know, you need to apply a bit of trust right here because this is going to burn you out and God knows uh, that we burn out. And so, this is one of the reasons why, you know, this example is here and also the instruction of Jethro. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah, it's so. a great passage We'll start reading in verse 12. 1 Corinthians yep.
1: chapter 12, verse 12. I'm just turning that out. 1 Corinthians and verse 12. Got it right here in front of me. Starting in which verse? Verse 12. Verse 12, the Bible says. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So, it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. Um, If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if an ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would you, Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would it hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would it smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put, us each, uh, put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand... I don't need you. The hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts uh, that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts we do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that uh, such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity.
0: Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, you just started there and that, and haven't have stopped. Let's we probably should stop there at some yeah, yeah, point yeah, yeah. And talk about this particular passage because yeah. there's some great points right here. Mm. And this is the this is what this is the point that Paul is bringing out. As a church, we are the body of Christ. Yes, and we're all different. Mm. And uh, the church would not be able to support itself and carry any kind of weight if the whole church was an eye Mm. or if the whole church was an ear Mm. or if the whole church was a toe Yeah. Wow. or a thumb. You know, you have to have – to be able to carry the weight, to be able to carry each other's burdens, the thumb has to support the toe, which has to support the eye, which has to support the ear – all of the parts of the body support each other. Mm. And this is what Paul is talking about when he talks about church and community is that this is how it is actually to function. The whole purpose is that we are to be different from each other. So often we join a church or whatever and we complain about the church because, well, they don't agree with me. They're not they're not all like me. Mm. Well, that's the whole reason. That's the whole <laughs> yeah. purpose. The whole idea is that, you know, the reason that God create God could have created us so that every time a human being was born, they were actually born a clone. Yeah, wow. And we were all the same. Mm. But if we were all born a clone and if we were all born the same, we would not be able to bear each other's burdens because we wouldn't be able to help out in all of the different unique ways that different people need help. Mm. And you look at how diverse this
1: situation is too. Jew, Gentile, free, slave, you know, all these different things. I think we should celebrate those differences because they all bring something to the church. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle. Yes. Our question today. Interesting yes. one. It is. Yes. Should Christians own guns or any weapon for that matter? This yes. is a question from Brayden.
0: Yes. Well, everybody owns weapons. Okay. Well, what, what I mean, are, you've, you own weapons. Which weapon? Well, you've got knives in your house. Yeah, to, Lethal weapons. Everybody owns weapons. It's not about the weapons. The, the issue is not about the weapons. The issue is what you use them for. Okay, and so for here in Australia, there are lots of people who own weapons because they are collector pieces and they collect them for historical purposes. And re- preserving history is incredibly important uh, to society and to understanding the past. Uh, there are other people who are who own weapons for feral. Um, and pest animal destruction, which also is incredibly important. We live in a world of sin where that is necessary. We have been assigned managers of this world, which does not mean that we just sit back and let evolution take its course as an evolutionist would. No, we intervene and manage responsibly, and sometimes that means that there are going to have to be, you know, various animals that are killed, and also then there are those who own weapons for killing those animals for food. You know, the Bible talks about those animals that are good for food or are, mm. uh, you know, appropriate for food, and so that's also a legitimate reason for owning uh, weapons. And then, of course, you have recreational and sporting events. Yep. So these are all very, you know valid reasons for owning a weapon if that's what you so choose to own it for and you know within recreation sporting you have archery you have shooting you have um javelin throwing you have cannonball throwing what do they call it shot put you know all kinds <laughs> of things that are you know that are weapons mm. and that come from combat uh does it mean that all of those sporting events are wrong no of course not The issue is not with the weapon, the issue is why you have the weapon and what you're going to use it for, and there are lots of reasons why you would have something like that. Mm. Now, the question here really is, what about using them for self-defense? And that's, you know, because that's, of course, you know, we talked about guns in America and Chicago and so forth earlier on in the piece, and that's a Much more vexed question. Now, of course, you know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, verse 36, he says, But now let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack, and let the one who has no sword sell his coat and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me, and he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And his disciples turn around and say, Well, we've got two swords here. And he says, It's enough. So what's Jesus saying when he says, Go out and buy a sword? You know, Go out and buy a gun. Is that what Jesus is saying there? And then they turn up with two, and Jesus is like, okay, that's enough. You know, it kind of goes in the face of what happens when, you know, uh, Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off the ear of Malchus when Jesus says, put your sword back in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Mm. It also flies in the face of what Jesus said in John chapter. Uh, 18 and verse 36 is, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight that I would not be uh, delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And so what you find here, and this is, it also goes in the face of what the Bible says, Thou shalt not kill. Mm. So very quickly, why does God say that it's not our responsibility to kill? When we kill another person, we have closed their probation, we have closed their opportunity for salvation, and that is something that only God has the right to do. Mm. And so when Jesus says it's enough, he's, he's basically saying, look, it's enough, guys, you've missed the point. You Just quit talking about it. Move on. Mm. You're not getting what I'm talking about. We need to be armed with the sword of the Spirit. And if mm. you have other weapons for you know, all the kinds of legitimate reasons, then that's fine as well.